on today's show. How are the Boston Celtics so good and dominated in game two in Joel Embiid's return? Talk about that and more on today's Locked On NBA. Let's go. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome. You are locked on to the NBA. My name is Nick Angstead, host of the Locked On Mavericks podcast. Thanks for being part of the show, making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Remember, Locked On NBA is free wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube where you can watch Pat the Designer with a uh, substitute camera today <laughs> filling in. Uh, joining me always on a Thursday, host of Lockdown Bulls. What you got for me, Pat the Designer? Who would have ever thought we'd see the day where you'd have better video quality than me? Well, it, it has been because I've been recording it. But yeah, yeah. on today's show, what did Boston do well in their game two win? Why did Philly struggle? Joel Embiid, James Harden, struggle bus. They, they didn't even drive the bus. They were sitting. They didn't even have tickets. <laughs> they were on the Good job. Bus. Good job there, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll play Count It Up with the most interesting, fun things in the NBA, including Dylan Brooks under no circumstances, Pat. Under no circumstance will Dylan Brooks return. We'll talk about that later in the show. But let's start here. The Boston Celtics win 121, which is a normal NBA score in 2023, to 87, a non-normal NBA score in 2023. The Boston Celtics got 25 points from Jalen Brown. Great for him. 23 points off the bench from the president, Malcolm Brogdon. Seven points from Jason Tatum. One of seven. for the, Hit one shot, Pat. He hit one shot in this game, and they won. They won every single quarter. They won points in the paint. They won second chance points. They won bench points 54 to 26 in this game. They won the rebounding battle. They had double the assists of the Sixers, uh, and their biggest lead was 36 points at one point. What did Boston do well, or just how did Boston do so well in a game like this, especially in that third quarter where they took off? Well, I mean, you, you saw the defense ratchet up. That's really what it came down to. In that, in that third quarter, right, the, the defense of Boston closing out on shots well. 76 is only shooting six for 30, I believe, from the, from the three-point line as a whole. And I thought they did a really good job adjusting to James Harden. James Harden was a huge part of this. He was, my bad. He was the 76ers offense in game one. Yeah. In game two, you really didn't see much of him. And, and they, they got into him very early and changed the game. Uh, Joel Embiid trying to work his way back into this. I, I I think this is a uh this is a really good bounce back game by Boston, but I do think that there's a little bit of weight on the fact that they were trying to work Embiid back into this and still trying to keep kind of the other guys involved in the game. But the game changes so much when you have to work back in a guy like Joel Embiid and try and just try and it, it seemed like right like you could tell that he had had what was it 13 days off that's how it felt to me as as this yes. game went through and i thought boston just took advantage of it jalen brown again um showing up in the hugest moments in the playoffs like he always does uh a little bit concerning for me on tatum though i will say that with the boston Celtics because of what we saw in the play point lead i'm good i'm good with that I, I, i'm i'm good with how the game goes as a whole right i really am like i'm not i'm not tripping and at a certain point tatum was just like y'all got it but the fact that he wasn't able to get himself going is very similar to what we saw last season. I know the injury ended up being the reason last season that that it, we're we're putting under why he started having the slump. But let's hope that we're not seeing that 
come back into this. Tatum played 19 minutes. Again, he was one yeah. of seven from the field. He had some foul trouble. He had four fouls, and so there was some some foul stuff. In the third quarter, though, I thought uh, Dave Dufour from The Athletic uh, on Twitter had a good point. That he, his thing that he always keeps bringing up is don't foul your own players out. Like don't If you yeah. get a fourth foul, don't foul out your own player and play them less minutes overall than they would play. Yeah. If, you know, like maybe they don't get that other foul. Like you have to think about that and trust some of those players. He, Joe Missoula trusted Jason Tatum in that third quarter. And that's when the Celtics really made their big run. Tatum uh, only played 19 minutes, seven points. Again, like we said, plus 24. He had the biggest plus minus of anybody in Celtics because that's when they made their big run in the third quarter when he was still in there. Uh, and so one thing that I thought early on, and I said this about, I wrote this down about the Sixers. The Sixers in the first half, can't figure out their offensive flow at all. Every first action is stopped by the Celtics. And then the recovery from the Sixers wasn't great. We'll talk about why the Sixers struggled so much later. But I thought Boston's defense was just really locked in in this game. They were yeah. stopping stuff early. They were doubling Joel Embiid quickly. Like everything, it felt like they were so much faster than the Sixers in so many different ways. You had Embiid hobbled by the injury. He's just coming back for the first time in 13 days. Harden had a huge offensive load in game one. You could tell that he wasn't as quick. Uh, Maxi was Tyrese Maxi was quick, but quick in the wrong ways on on, on that where yeah. he's like flying too far the other way and all that stuff. Uh, and the the Celtics was just able to keep up with everybody and keep able to. They saw one really good ball movement play from the Sixers, like in the third quarter where they got that Tobias Harris three. It was one yeah. of their six threes that they made. And at, outside of that, there was just not really good process from the Sixers. And I think you got to give the Celtics a lot of credit for that because they were just stopping actions quickly. They were all interconnected. They could use their guys. Uh, they could use every single one of their guys because Joel Embiid wasn't killing them. Like even. Yeah. You know, even like points in the paint. You look at the points in the paint. Sixers had or Celtics had more, and Sixers only had thirty-four. And so you, you look at that. Like Joel Embiid's not killing you in the paint, and so hey, we can just go ahead and uh, and play all of our guys. We're not worried about anybody like leaving the game. This Celtics team is just so well put together. There's so many guys that do so much uh, well in this team. And I thought one really sneaky thing that Celtics did. Maybe not sneaky. It was pretty overt. <laughs> Grant Williams, Grant Williams picking up Joel Embiid like on the perimeter. So you have yeah. like we have our one stout guy who's got six fouls, and we're gonna throw him out there instead of like sacrificing Al Horford or Robert Williams to go follow Joel Embiid around the perimeter. They said, okay, if Joel Embiid is gonna stand around the free throw line, which he's been doing all season, won an MVP because of how great he's been taking these shots. But if he's gonna do that, then we're gonna send Grant Williams to just like like. Stick with him out there. And right as soon as Grant Williams came to the game, Joel Embiid had that flop on him, fell yeah, down yeah. and all that stuff. And uh, But I thought Grant Williams did a decent job, at least just being big and physical. And I thought that was an interesting uh, wrinkle from the Celtics. I think you have to give kudos to every one of the Boston Celtics that that got an opportunity in this game, right? I mean, listen, you, you got Brogdon with 24 minutes. Malcolm Brogdon... Could be talked about as, as probably one of the most important players to this Celtics run, hopefully back to the NBA Huge finals piece. again because of what he can do on nights like tonight, right? Like you you didn't even realize how how little Jason Tatum did because of how much Malcolm Brogdon was able to do, able to step up and be that number two piece. Last season, we didn't see that number two piece that, that when Jalen Brown was able to have a night like tonight where he's 25 points one night in a 17 shooting. Okay, who's the other guy that's going to step up with him? Tonight, you saw Malcolm Brogdon, 7 for 15, 6 for 10 from the three-point line. He was knocking down Trey Ball. Knocked down the same amount of threes as the Sixers team as a whole. Yeesh. So take that with you if you want to. Yeah, I mean, and I thought that he was really a, a good focal point, but it didn't stop with him. The other guys on this six or on this uh, uh, Celtics team 
just just did everything so right. Mar- Marcus Smart, uh, uh, um, Grant Williams, Malcolm Brogdon, like we said, Derek White. Like there, there's just so many guys that 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 are on this team that contribute in smaller ways. But listen, 10 points here, 15 points there. That's how you add up to that 121. At the end of the day, it was too much for the Sixers to handle. And when you look at the Sixers, other guys, there just wasn't the same production that we saw out there, right? Like Embiid had 15, but then Tobias with 16, Maxi 13, Harden 12, and that's it. That's your scoring for the Sixers just about. And you kind of saw, it's the reason that led you here. I think they had a little bit of a regression with how much they were just like, all right, James, do what you do. And now they needed to all step up in this moment, and they didn't. Yeah, the, the Sixers guys, wanted they wanted to feed off of somebody. Like, hey, yeah. take take the attention away from, from some of us. And it just never materialized because yeah. Embiid only took nine shots. Some of that was because of the doubling, which you'd think that they would take advantage. But then the, the Celtics were able to recover so quickly off of that that it just didn't really matter. Uh, great quotes after the game. Joe Mazzulla was asked if the Celtics were angry and frustrated coming into this game after losing game one. Joe Mazzulla said, yes. He was asked, how so? He said, they were angry, frustrated. How, how were they the last 48 hours for the Celtics? Joe Mazzulla, angry, pissed. Did you like that? Yes. Joe Mazzulla loved that this team was angry and pissed coming into this game. Said, hey, we want to bounce back. We believe that we should have won that, that game one and should have won game one without Joel Embiid. And uh, they responded really well in this game. Coming up, let's talk about the Sixers side of things. Why did Joel Embiid struggle so much? Why did Harden struggle so much? We'll talk about that. And uh, do they have hope in the next couple of games? We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about eBay Motors. Just like the right fit for your NBA team, you need to have the, you know, the right wings, the right guards. The Celtics fit so well all together. A bunch of guys that can do stuff. You want your car parts to fit right just like that. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage. Look for the green check to know that that part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop at eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, Pat. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Locked On NBA. We have a show for every single Locked on or every single NBA team. So if you're interested in the Celtics, interested in the Sixers, we have a five-day-a-week show for them. Go check out those shows on tomorrow's Locked on NBA show. Wes Goldberg, Adam Maros will be with you talking about Warriors and Lakers game two. How are the Warriors going to respond? So come back tomorrow and uh, listen to the show on that. Let's get into the Sixers side of things. Joel Embiid returns for the first time in 13 days. He missed game four against the Nets. He missed game one against the Celtics. He now returns. He only plays... 26 minutes, he has 15 points, 5 blocks, only 3 rebounds in this game, only takes 9 shots in this one, he's a minus 23, which is the worst on the entire Sixers team, Uh, why did Joel Embiid struggle so much in his return? Cleared don't mean healthy. Joel Embiid was cleared to play. That means he can't injure himself any more than he's already hurt. You could tell tonight that he's, he's slow to get himself back into the process, still dealing with the effects of 
of trying to work himself back into that process, right? You could tell that the injury is still lingering. He did light work this morning in the practice facility during shoot around. He's not healthy right now. And, uh, but listen, he he's on the court. He's trying to go. Nobody's going to sit here and, and uh, um, not still give him the same flack that they would if he was 100% healthy. It doesn't change anything. But let's come into this with the understanding. Joel Embiid isn't ready to go, and he's just out there because he's just been voted MVP. He knows that his team absolutely needs him to win these games because he knew that James Harden had an out-of-body experience in game one. And when guys come back down to earth, Who's going to be that guy that steps up? At a minimum, Joel Embiid can go out there. He can be the big body. He can be a defensive anchor. He can be the guy that's out there, right, making a few shots here and there. But he's still trying to work his way back into this. Somebody else has to step up. I think they had an opportunity tonight. I, I like that they went to Tobias at, like they did, but maybe you should have went to Tobias a little bit more. But by the time that they were trying, that they might have thought about making that decision, the game was over. <laughs> Yeah, you could tell Joel Embiid, he was just slow and thought and felt like he was plotting. And one of the things yeah. I think that's made Joel Embiid so good this season is his touch. Like, he has that, you know, kind of fadeaway, not really a dirk shot, because he doesn't really throw up one knee. He throws up, like, both knees when, he, when yeah. he fades away. He fades away and has that touch shot, like the the turnaround jumper. He's got yep, these, yep. like, it just really touch things. And when you're injured, like, it's hard to try and still do that same kind of stuff, have that same kind of touch when you're struggling like that, and especially if your feet and your legs aren't you know, the same underneath you, you have to have that balance, that footwork, all that stuff has to work together. And I could just see Joel Embiid struggling in that. He was great at the rim, five blocks. I mean, he was just, he was killing it at the yeah. rim, but anywhere else, like he couldn't close out. He couldn't rotate. You could just see that that injury was really holding them back. He was not the same Joel Embiid that we've seen this season. If you, if you are maybe a casual fan and you're like, this guy won MVP. You're watching this yeah. game and really over the guy I just saw drop 39 against the Suns the other night. Like this is not the same Joel Embiid that, that we've seen all season, right? He's struggling. He's injured. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, they're going to have to change their game plan. Cause you, you can't just play. All right, Joel Embiid post up and everybody else just stand around and try and figure out what to do because it, it I don't know that it'll work if he's in this condition going forward. Yeah, I, I, I think that's the biggest problem, though, right? Like, this hasn't been the Sixers all season. We've talked about the Sixers team being Joel Embiid, getting the ball from James Harden, sometimes kicking it out to Tyrese Maxey, knocking down a shot. You're talking about three guys. Guess what? Tyrese Maxey didn't show up tonight, 6 for 14, 13 points. James Harden didn't show up for night, tonight, 2 for 14 with 12 points. And Joel Embiid's hurt. He took nine shots. This is the team that we've talked about all season. This is why I've been saying every time we have a Philly game on Wednesday, you gotta stop just letting Tobias Harris be a spot up shooter in the corner. He's got to feel involved. Forty million in this dollar team. spot up shooter in the corner. That's all he does. And, and I think he, even tonight, right? Like you see those moments, like you saw tonight, where when they went to him, he was able to get to the bucket. He was able to finish strong. But you haven't asked him to do that all season. Now you're just expecting him to turn it on. That's not how it works. Yeah, they needed some. They needed something different, and and you could tell Harden too. Like let, let's we can talk about Harden. He didn't yeah. have it because he gave everything in, in game one. He didn't He's have the gassed. same kind of lift. He they had they threw Jalen Brown on him some sometimes. Marcus Smart's on him. Like they have options yeah. to throw. You can't just like wear down the Celtics the way that he's worn down defenders in the past because they can throw multiple bodies at you just over and over. I mean, they, Tatum only played 19 minutes. They could have thrown Tatum at him a little bit more if they yeah. wanted to at a certain point. And uh, just that having that size on Harden with with uh, Jalen Brown's had him struggling 
And uh, like most of his jumpers, I felt like were just mid range. Like, hey, I I kind of got to a spot and I'm gonna pull up and I'm not super comfortable with this, but this is where I am at this point in in the game. And so yeah, yeah Sixers offense just struggled in pretty much every facet. Like made 19 of 23 free throws. Like I guess that's the only area they didn't really struggle. Well, you, you had a you had a full on switch, right? Like I mean, last game, right? Like James Harden had a Houston James Harden type of performance, a very similar performance to what Joel Embiid has done for the Sixers most of this season. Tonight, you asked the Sixers to play as a team. We haven't asked the Sixers to do that much this season. We haven't asked for the other guys to step up. Who who we asking for? Melton? We we ask for Melton to step up. Reed, Melton airball the three in the corner on a <laughs> on a fast break in the third quarter, and I was like, "Whoo!" If that doesn't tell the whole story of the Sixers today, is just like I, I mean, you, like we created Paul a Reed. really good shot and a complete airball by a role player. Yeah, I, I mean, like, but again, these guys haven't been put in this situation a ton. Now all of a sudden, you're asking them to do this. That's that's not that's not the 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 position you want to put them in. And again, even looking at Harden's game, right? Harden in game one, the reason we were all so excited about it, we were like, this is a great game. I can't believe he had it. Because that was Houston Harden. Yeah. We haven't seen that Harden in four years. So a couple times with the Nets, I feel like we saw, but not often. Not 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 45 point Harden. Did he have a 40 plus game in in, in well, Brooklyn? Maybe his, I don't remember. That it, was but. his that was his playoff career high, I'm pretty sure. So Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah, no, wait, wait, I, we didn't see that. We haven't seen that Harden since Houston. And it, it was the James Harden that, hey, it doesn't matter that you're standing in front of me. I'm gonna knock down this shot. It doesn't matter that you're standing in front of me. I'm gonna be heavy enough to go through you and make the lay with the and one. It doesn't matter that heavy enough hard, like hard, that. No, no, Harden's you don't a big have boy. to say heavy enough. Hey, like listen, that. hey, listen, hey, listen, hey, listen. The one thing about James Harden that I felt like people always underestimated is that he's was not way, weighed down by ones. <laughs> Bro, like listen, he is a large man out here. You know what I'm saying? But uh I, I just I just felt like right, like you couldn't come into game two expecting him to replicate a performance we haven't seen in four years. Yeah, it wasn't going to happen, but it just didn't happen for both of the Sixers stars. And then yeah. nobody else picked up the slack. Like you mentioned, Matt, this is, this is Maxi's time to like, all right, take over. I so yeah. 13 points all in the first half. He had a couple, a little foul trouble. We got taken out early, but he, he, I thought he was a good spark for them early. And then just didn't do anything in the third yeah. quarter. And that's where when you're a young player, it's hard to figure out, okay, where's my spot? And where where do I just take over? Where we've seen some guys in the past, like young guys, Kobe, if you think about him, like he was like, it's my time, no, ma no matter what. Like he had that confidence. And it's hard to have that kind of, like it's just very few players have that. Yeah. I'm going to insert myself and I'm going to be the guy here. Uh, one more thing I want to talk about this game. In the middle of the in the middle of the first quarter, I started noticing something on the screen, and it was flying back and forth. And there's a oh drone, a drone flying in the middle of the court, oh in the in the shot. So like I'm looking through a drone to see a player take a shot, and then they went to the drone shot where it's just like over the court. It's just a little bit closer of an angle beside instead of the broadcast angle. But it felt like instead of in 30, 30 FPS or frames per second, it was in like 20 or 15 frames per second where it just looked so strange to me. It looked the difference between my camera right now and Pat's camera right now is what it looked like. On the That's broadcast. literally what it was. That's <laughs> literally what it was. What a great point. Oh, my God. That's, that's spot on. Dog, it was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And you could tell, right, like that the drone was shooting in like drone 4K or whatever that was. You know what I yes. mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked so bad. I remember they went to it, and I was like, who's this camera guy that's like 25 feet in the air 
above the fans. Like, it was so... <laughs> I, I, I don't think I've seen... It, it was like waving too, like you could see it, like moving back and forth like this. Like it was. It was like the air conditioning was blowing because it wasn't big, right? Like it, it was a normal size, like like consumer size drone. It's the NBA. I feel like that wasn't even the most expensive drone. I've seen drone shots that stand <laughs> still. We can't get a National Geographic drone on this thing. Come on, dog! Like we can do better than this. Like the wind from Joel Embiid running back and forth, like, <laughs> was making it move. No, it's from Melton's air ball. Oh my gosh! So, uh, <laughs> let us know in the comment section if you like the drone footage. If we're just uh, if we're just being hey, curmudgeon. The about. NBA didn't like it. They didn't go back to it one time. Yeah, they're like they went no. to Twitter and they were like, "That's it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't The drone coming up. Let's talk about Dylan Brooks. Under no circumstances will he return to the Grizzlies. We'll talk about uh, Kevin Durant in a new video, in a video game, and more on uh, Count it up. coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about uh, BetterHelp. Everybody has things in their life that you just need to talk about with somebody. You got something going on with your partner. You got something going on with a friend, with a family member. Oh man, Fam- family. Always something to talk about with family. And you need somebody that's not going to have an agenda, that's not going to have this prior knowledge that you get to just spew everything on and talk through and walk through with somebody. And BetterHelp can help you with that. Therapy gives you the tools to find more balance in your life. That's what I found. It's just a perspective and somebody else that's not that doesn't know you, doesn't know the people in your life, and doesn't have the agenda. So, If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And this is important. You can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. That's something I know people are concerned about. Hey, what if I don't vibe with this person? What if I don't like the guy? What if I don't like the girl that I'm I'm matched up with? You can switch, and they expect you to probably switch to find somebody that works for you. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Again, check it out, betterhelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, Pat. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on LockedOnNBA. Being part of this show, subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on the podcast. Let's appreciate everybody listening on the podcast right now. Find the Lockdown NBA show for you. We have one covering every single NBA team five days a week throughout the offseason, too. But for now, it's time to play our favorite game every week. Count it up, count it up, count it up, count it. Count it up, where we count out the most interesting, fun things in the NBA. Let's start here. The Memphis Grizzlies, according to Sham Sharania, have informed impending free agent... Dylan, actually, it's not even impending. It's it's pending because he is a free agent. This is not even pending free agent. It's not even pending. The Grizzlies have informed free agent Dylan Brooks that he will not be brought back under any circumstances, league sources say. Now, DeMichael Cole, host of Locked On Grizzlies, uh, retweeted this today. The agent of Dylan Brooks came out and said, quote, Shams, the leader of spreading false news and attacking players, why any player in the league talks to this guy, blows my mind, hashtag Weirdo. Count it up. Are you more on the side of the Sixers or more on the side of Dylan Brooks's agent here? Are the Grizzlies or Dylan Brooks's agent here? <laughs> I saw my clip. <laughs> what does he do well? What does he do well? Listen, I I I wish the best for him. I hope he don't play for my team. I hope he go. He's a favorite in Dallas. 
Have fun with that, Nick. Kyrie, He's coming Dylan to Dallas. I'm calling it. He's going to he, Dallas. He, of course he is, bro. The Mavericks like, know uh, this. Listen, they, they, they already, they've already been on the phone with him. Tampering is coming, <laughs> so prepare for that as well. Um, listen, I, I'm on the side of the Grizzlies because I, I really think that the Grizzlies believe this. You poked a bear that puts you out of the playoffs. The Dylan I, Brooks is responsible for that. The Dylan Brooks I, is the one here, that, here's that the did thing. that. I don't think that it changes the eventual outcome of the series. But I think that you put pressure on your team to live up to your words, and you're not the guy that can stand up in that fight. That's the dude. You know who Dylan Brooks is? He the dude that's like in the background when a fight's getting ready to start and it's about to go down. He's like, I already said your mama. Who, what, what? You said my mama? And then like all of a sudden the punches are, and Dylan Brooks is nowhere to be. 10 points a game on 23% shooting in the playoffs? You shouldn't be talking. You shouldn't have a mouth to speak words with in the playoffs right now. What are we talking about? Why are we talking about Dylan Brooks for the third day in a row? Shouldn't have a mouth to speak words with. Did you, did you say shut up and defend? It's not shut up and dribble anymore. It's shut up and defend. It's it's not even that because his, it's the thing. Like it's, it's really just know your play. Listen, I didn't come into locked on and say, look, Nick, uh, I think you're doing a, a terrible job with how you're running this network. And, uh, you know, I think we can run it better. And until you prove to me that you can get more subscribers than me, uh, I think that I'm better than you. Like, who does that? because I didn't went have to more subscribers man, than you. Went, shut up. You went to the man <laughs> that, uh, hey, Windy City Breeze, 18,000 a day. I got 23, up. Up. I got 23 on Lockdown Map. <laughs> Clap it up. <laughs> but uh, it, it's, it's, you went to the man that literally <laughs> is the leading scorer in the NBA and got the record this season. Oof. Stuff and you piss that to, team off. To answer your your first question, what does he do well? We voted him second team all defense on our locked on we, ballot. We got stuff saying we. I did not six, put that vote. I didn't got, put that on. He got six first team votes, fifteen second place votes. So he got twenty seven total points. So he got in pretty comfortably. And I asked the same question: Who has he shut down? <laughs> Uh, give me, give me this great defensive effort that we all remember him having. <laughs> it's wild to me that the, the Grizzlies are just like under no circumstances we'd be back. I, I think secretly though, I think they won't. They won't say this. It may come out at some point. The Grizzlies are in a kind of a financial situation too. Like yeah. it's easy now for them to be like, "Hey, let's move on from this guy Dylan Brooks that isn't really portraying our city super well. It isn't portraying our team super well, putting us in a good light because he's a free agent." We're kind of in a we're like over the tax or over the the salary cap next year already. We have 14 players under contract, not counting Dylan Brooks. We don't have our draft picks accounted for that yet. Like they they already have this situation where they can get under the salary cap pretty easy, and they have to look out for Desmond Baines' restricted free agency coming up for uh, Xavier Tillman. There's another one that I can't think of off the top of my head. They, they've got some guys coming up that they need to pay. Uh, Tyus Jones was the other one uh, yeah. to pay, and so. Moving on from Dylan Brooks now, it's like, hey, that makes financial sense for us. And it also helps because he was super embarrassing and we can just move on from him. Uh, moving on from Dylan Brooks is us. Let's talk about Kevin Durant is now going to be a playable character in the new season of Call of Duty. Count it up. How big of a target is a seven foot guy in a shooting game? Like, I'm going to, like, you're going to be like sniping from the top, right? You're like, all right, hanging out. <laughs> and all of a sudden, like, Kevin Durant's going to stand up. 
and like he's gonna be his head is gonna be above everybody else's. Uh, what do they got to do with KD? I mean, I, I think he's got to have some kind of like special skill, right? Where there's like a mirror on the gun, and so you can see it. He just <laughs> sticks his arm up and shoots like this. It's got to be that. Like, come on, dog. Like, he's it, remember Charles Barkley talking about uh, uh, Dirk Nowitzki having to go to the army. It's just like. I, you not going to the army, dude. Like you, you're too tall. Larry Markin is there right now yeah, yeah. in Finland. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm scared for Lowry next year in the NBA because I'm just like, Larry was already jacked. What's boot camp Larry going to be? They're just going to make him do leg day. Like if Larry Markin <laughs> comes back with calf muscles, <laughs> He's the, the NBA one. is over. Andre Drummond looks at him and goes, oh my God, is that the best rebounder in NBA history now? <laughs> Kevin Durant and Call of Duty is going to be hilarious. That's going to be great. Uh, they got to make lie. him not seven feet, though, right? There's no, they'll, they'll make him like a normal sized character. Nope. Got to make him 6'11. Got to make him 6'11. Easy. The only way to do easy it. Easy money sniper now means a different thing than it, than it used to. No cap, though. He probably has like, oh, he's probably a sniper with crazy range. So he's just he's just out there laying around. So yeah. his leg his leg is going to be shown from the, from like the other side of a building that he's laying down because he's got his feet just kicked the up. The length the of a building. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, last one here. There's been an insane amount of nut shots and physicality in this playoffs. Dylan Brooks had a nut shot on LeBron. Harden the nut shot against Royce O'Neal in round one. Joel Embiid had the the groin hit on <laughs> Nick Claxton. There was a flagrant one. P.J. Tucker hit Tatum in the nuts in game one with the the, the turnaround and, like, karate chop. Uh, then we also had some just some physicality. Draymond stomped on Sabonis. DeJounte Murray bumped into the ref after game four, the Hawks Celtics. Um, what's the blame for the amount of physicality and just blatant nut shots in the playoffs so far? Uh, the lack of calls that lead up to them. Mm. You, you, you're You're – Protesting for more calls. You want more reps, more reviews, no, more calls? Not at all. I want more physicality. But you can't sit here and to me, the the part that is hypocritical on the side of the NBA is that when these things happen, they're instantly like, oh, we're just gonna throw you out. Right? But you're allowing these things to get to that point. You're allowing the physicality of these guys. And like, like they're not competitive. Like they're not going to go back and forth, right? Like the part for me where should Draymond have stepped on Sabonis' chest? No. Should he have been tossed from that game? For sure. All right. We're stepped good with an it. Interesting. Sh word stomped. Whatever you want to call it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do want to call it. Step one. Step two again. But, but here's the thing, right? There's literally a string of plays where Sabonis is pulling, doing all the stuff that Draymond normally does. To Draymond, and there's no cause. And there's a ref sitting there looking at it, just like, keep playing, stop complaining, keep it going, let's keep it going. So I think that for the nut shots, at least, flagrant one, if he's if he's getting two nuts, flagrant two. You know what I mean? One <laughs> nut, flagrant one, two nuts, flagrant two. <laughs> so the only thing that matters is how precise the nut shot is. You got you to gotta get precise. You know what I mean? What he's saying uh, – what was the what was the movie where Adam Sandler was at Longest Yard? Was that when he was in jail? He's like, I'm going for the left one next. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's been an interesting uh, it's been an interesting trend here, and three of them by the Sixers, by the way, Embiid, Harden, and Tucker in that. So uh, ballsy topic for you, man. Again, tomorrow, how will the Warriors respond in Game Two versus the Lakers? Come back, Adam Mares and Wes Goldberg have you covered there, guys? Thanks so much for listening to Locked On NBA. Bye bye.
Boom!